0: Hello, welcome to Intelecast. This is season three, episode twenty-one. Um, my name is Brian Lamar. Joining me today is producer Brian Peterson, who deserves a last name. How's it going? Not too bad. How about you? It's going okay. Um, this is, I think, our sixth week of quarantining.
1: Is that right? Feels like it.
0: Six feels actually. I
1: obviously, it feels like six months, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It feels like forever. Um, it was winter when we started this, and now it's close to summer. Um, This episode, as always, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can contact us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. EMI underscore research on Twitter. Please follow us. IntelliCast1 on Twitter. Follow that one, too. Um, We don't tweet a lot. It's not going to, like, fill up your tweets. Um, You can also call or text us, 513-401-5463. What should we talk about today, Brian? No guests today for the first time in a while. I feel like we have spoken to 400 guests in the past two weeks. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be you and I kind of talking today, I think.
1: I think so. Yeah, we, as people have seen, we've had quite a few guests, whether it has been um, Mark Menig, uh, Colson Steber, or then our group of people who have called and reached out based on that LinkedIn post you put out about hopping on at, since they are newly, newly looking for new opportunities, let's call it.
0: Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a group of people talented people i hope that you all listen to that episode um especially if you're uh, potentially hiring someone a recruiter or know someone that wants to hire someone um that was the big takeaway for me in that episode was just super talented awesome people they're very different people too so yeah that was, i think that was a good episode
1: yeah i do too um do you want to jump right into some current events yeah let's do that all right cool so one thing is we saw a news story here that there were some people finally getting off a cruise ship where they had been on since the 5th of January. I <laughs> could not even imagine that if you were to be on a, a cruise ship for essentially four months. Right. I mean, and then, yeah,
0: I think that what it came from like Italy or somewhere, you're somewhere in Europe and it went, basically went around the world and, um, over a thousand passengers, a ton of passengers. And then I think that some of them didn't want to get off the boat. <laughs> like they might live on the boat now because they don't want to enter the coronavirus world. Um, but yeah, yeah. in the normal they world.
1: Would not <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. They had kind of self quarantine, just being on the ship going yeah. from what was it like Europe to Australia or something like that.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a, I think there were three boats, that were still out there, three cruise ships, I think two were European. I think it was one, maybe it was a a U.S. one. Um, but yeah, for three, four months, I could not imagine being on a cruise. I mean, first of all, I could imagine being on a cruise ship for more than about three days, but three, four months. Um, I mean, those people just have to have some serious, like mental challenges, um, getting back in a normal, well, not even normal society. That's just crazy to me, but it's interesting.
1: I have to think that all of this, between the people who got sick on a ship, the people who got stuck on ships, and just everyone else kind of watching it, that the cruise yeah. industry is probably going to take a a bigger hit than most other travel, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, cruises and then probably airlines, but we're going to be quicker to bail out the airlines than we – we're going to be quicker to bail them out than the cruise ships, <laughs>
1: oh i'd get on a plane again i don't think you'd ever catch me on a cruise ship now ever i mean between this and all the norovirus breakouts that seem to happen it just seems like all right you're going on a ship time to get sick
0: yeah bubble cruise i would get on maybe a bubble cruise that's it here's your bubble (laughs) that's it
1: yeah no i'll i'll go to it all inclusive down in mexico that's fine. I'll fly down there. I have no qualms on hopping back on an airplane.
0: Right. Yeah, I would do that tomorrow if I could.
1: Yeah. Um, our next one, um, since you and I, we have mentioned we are working from home, which I we think it is week six. Uh, op, the Optus staff has decided that they are, going, they are moving to work from home permanently because of all this. We found this on a LinkedIn news feed. So what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that they
0: will not be the first company to do this. I think that, I mean, even our owner is like, you know, the owner of VMI is like, huh, how much money can I save? This is this is working out pretty well. I bet there are a lot of companies that will never kind of go back. I think Numerator is a company that's always kind of had a work from home and ask your target market is like that as well. I think we'll see. Um, I think this will be very prevalent, which is going to cause some new challenges, right?
1: Yeah. Um I can see I think it'll take a hit for commercial real estate as people as some businesses are realizing, you know what? There wasn't really any downside of us moving to work from home, so we're just going to eliminate our office space or downsize, and you might see some of the prices for commercial real estate come down too then. At some point the pendulum will swing back, but yeah. I think for the near term you're going to see that pendulum swift of hopefully the price for commercial real estate to go down as some people shift to this.
0: Yeah, I think um I think that we we haven't we've barely scratched the surface on all the impact of what's going on with COVID. Like we this week we saw the oil prices took a huge dive, right? They went negative. And that kind of came out of nowhere and that's a huge story. But people, if you thought it through, probably could have predicted that was going to happen based upon the supply chain and the fact that, you know, no one's driving or flying. And I think commercial real estate might be the next big hit that it's going to take a dive uh, when people work from home or never reopen their businesses and our malls going to reopen again. And there were, you know, businesses that were already struggling before this and now they'll never recover. So, you know, there's probably a million things that will happen and one of them is the commercial real estate market.
1: Right, because you're talking not just office buildings like our setting, but you also have all of those retail settings that they've now been closed depending on your state between three and six weeks now. Yep. Um, lots of them not being able to make rent. There was the news story that Cheesecake Factory pretty much told all of their landlords, yeah, we're not paying this month. Um, I, I did see they did get a new investor that helped them did make some payments that helped them to get through. But now you're talking bigger chains that sometimes are anchors for some of these big retail.
0: Yeah. Sections. Yeah. The anchors have a little bit more leverage, right? The Nordstrom's and the cheesecake factories and, you know, Macy's even in some areas, but hopefully that's helping the smaller businesses in those areas too. Hopefully uh, they can, you know, start a trend.
1: Yeah. Our other one here, and I feel like both you and I have some strong opinions about this. Is that Facebook has decided to warn users over COVID nineteen misinformation that is found on their site? Yep. I wonder if I wonder if we're going to have different takes. All right, here's mine. Like now,
0: Facebook now now you're going to like start like looking at this. Like Facebook has just been a plethora of misinformation forever. That's what it's kind of known for. That people can kind of post anything like the the anti-vaxxers are on there and any anybody can post anything on facebook it's just what what it's kind of known for and if you're a user of facebook you just kind of accept it right oh that's just my crazy aunt oh that's my friend from high school that you know apparently has turned into this type of person and oh that's um, my russian bot yeah oh yeah there's a russian bot yeah so i don't know i don't know why they're doing this now but that's kind
1: of how i feel about it. how about you so I am. I have a very similar opinion to this. That now they're taking a stance on misinformation, but I'm going to tie this back to the election because prior to all of this COVID and quarantine, they had Twitter had made a stance saying, "Hey, no political ads," because there was a lot of misinformation and like influence through that. So we're just not going to do it this year. And I think they announced that what back in January, right. Facebook came out that same week and like, "No, nope, we're, we're not going to. We're not going to." legislate this at all just whatever's out there's out there but right. now they're going to do it right. so you're they had i think part of it was saying hey we don't have the we don't have a way to do this well now this tells me you have a way to do it you just didn't want to cuz you yep. wanted the dollar
0: yep absolutely completely agree and um i think that this is a divisive topic and if you think it's divisive now if we keep quarantining for another few weeks or god forbid a few more months um it's going to become even more divisive as we have this kind of battle between and it shouldn't be a battle honestly between kind of like health versus economics maybe right and so there's got to be a medium and i think we all agree with that and uh, but of course facebook is going to go down to the lowest common denominator (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna dig in on pick one side right and so yeah we'll see how this plays out
1: right and i th- honestly i think our governor here in ohio and dr acton have said it best it's not either or they're one in the same argument you can't you can't have an unhealthy population if you want the economy to going and you can't get the economy going without a healthy population so they they need to be hand in hand yep
0: completely agree yep well, so interesting facebook
1: Yeah. Uh, One thing I haven't put on the rundown that I wanted to get your opinion on, as we're looking, so my wife and I were talking about this last night, looking at kind of the map surrounding Ohio. If you're looking, Michigan, 30,000 plus cases of COVID. Pennsylvania, similar. I mean, Michigan has more cases and more deaths than the entire country of Canada. Yeah. Then you look at Ohio. Yep. What are we at? Like we're probably gonna cross the fifteen point the fifteen thousand point today. But it took we didn't cross the ten thousand point until this past weekend. Yep. I mean we it slowed down. And the only reason those numbers are going up higher is that they've gotten a ton more tests. Yep. Um and then you have Kentucky, couple thousand, three thousand, and then you have the border around that, they're getting hit harder too. Yep. I think you're gonna see winners and losers governor wise come out of this. I think you're going to see, and I'm not going to talk political party as part of this because we both know Ohio and Kentucky have Kentucky's governor's Democratic. Mike DeWine here is Republican, but they have taken the exact same approach. Because if you watch those news conferences, it's like they're working from the same script. Yep. And those two seem to have been hand in hand. I think you're going to see winners and losers come out of this. And I think both Andy Bashir and Mike DeWine are going to be crowned winners.
0: Yeah. Um- What's, it's, this whole thing is fascinating if you can sit back and look at it from uh, like what what's kind of happening with people buddying up. So like you said, all of the Midwestern states have buddied up. Um, the Northeastern states like Rhode Island, Delaware, New York, Connecticut have buddied up. and Same thing on the West Coast and in the South. And yeah, I completely agree that there will be winners and losers. And it's what's interesting is that we're going to get a big test of this because of what Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, kind of the that, that area is basically, they're going to be the first ones to open up, right? And so right. We're, going see, we're going to see really quickly what what happens to that. And in some ways, you know, states like Ohio and Kentucky, which are probably going to be the next in line to open, uh, but they're doing it a little bit more methodically. Um, and then the last ones will be like, you know, New York, where it's just been, you know, massacred. But they we get to see the effects of, huh, what happens if you open up South Carolina and Florida for two weeks? Um yeah, well they'll be absolutely yeah. winners and losers.
1: Yeah, so I saw this tweet, um, and I forget who put it out there, but someone said, Great Georgia is now the is the Falcons going into halftime with a twenty eight with a twenty one three lead. Yeah. Yep. So and it's just I ever there are I get opening up, and I think we start to need to do that too. Ohio is starting to do that. But I mean you have Georgia essentially saying next week, "Hey, bars, bowling alleys, nail salon, you're open." Yeah. Ohio's like hospitals; you can start doing some elective. Sur- you can start doing some of those elective surgeries. That's right. it. Yep, and California's the same way. Like, what? Why cannot? I- why can we not get all on the same page here?
0: Yeah, this, in, in some ways, this is the beauty of the United States, and also it's the challenge of the United States, right? So, like, one state can kind of screw over another state, and we've kind of seen that a little bit. Um, you know, Michigan, you know, obviously Detroit is not very far from Ohio, and Detroit is having huge problems, probably one of the worst parts of the U.S., along with New Orleans and New York. And um, so we almost had to put build a freaking wall to Michigan, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean – as you're looking at it, but then you have battles within states because you have mayors of Atlanta and some of the ar- other larger cities within Georgia are like, "Yeah, we're not opening. Right? We don't care what the governor says."
0: Right. Yeah. yeah it's so interesting.
1: So, yeah. So it goes. It really gets down to who really has the ultimate authority. There is it federal? Is it state? Or is it local?
0: Yeah. The, the this is such a beautiful like states' rights um, civics class that we're getting that we're going through. Right. Right. Um, I think the state, but, you know, we've kind of blurred those lines for a while in so many different areas with immigration and marijuana and all kinds of gambling and all kinds of other things. And so, um, hopefully the children today are
1: learning from this from a civic
0: standpoint. I'm hoping they
1: are. I think so too. Um, sorry to add that on to oh, like it. our rundown that wasn't there, but I know you'd like to talk about that. So, um, I understand you have a research rant this week. Well, it's not really a research
0: rant. It's more of a work rant.
1: Okay. Go for it.
0: Um, So we've all been doing Zoom calls now for – I'm Zoomed out, by the way. I don't know about you, but I feel like Zoomed out, too much Zoom. But I don't know if this happens to you. Tell me if it happens to you. So you're on a Zoom call or you're on some sort of call, right? There's so many different ones now. And maybe you um, click away from it. You have an email or an instant message or one of the – billion other things going on in your life you click away and then maybe you're muted and you're trying to talk and you got to get back to it to me the my rant is the scramble to try to find where you're at i'm like oh am i on teams oh no it's not a team's call am i on zoom oh no it's not a zoom call Did i whoa did i just close out the meeting am i muted like this that little panic right there i don't know if i'm gonna get over that we need to align kind of the, the type of calls that we do that's my rant
1: all right um I have, I have experienced that panic. Um, mainly, and I found my strategy is, one, it's great to have that second screen. So you keep, I keep the meeting on the screen where my webcam is, and then I do all my other stuff on the other screen. So I don't yeah. really click off of it, but I can get everything else opening up on that screen. It's a yeah. problem if I'm only working on just my laptop, because yeah. then there's the mad scramble.
0: Yeah, I'm only working from lap- my laptop when I'm at home, and which is you know, most of the time. Um, but also, even if I have like a two or three monitor setup, I'm not as disciplined as you are. Um, I will multitask as much as possible and then I'll forget where I'm at. But um, there, Windows or whoever is building these things um, should build like a, a button where you go
1: directly to whatever video call you're on. Well, I, I'm going to tack on to your rant here about Zoom. Um, The question is, how did Skype lose their lead in this kind of... That was so quick, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) It went Overnight. (laughs) Yeah. It went from everyone kind of uses Skype to everyone's quarantined. Well, we use Zoom now. Right. Like, (laughs) I felt like... I would love to hear
0: from listeners about this as well. We went from working... You know, we use Skype for Business for instant messaging. We used Outlook for email. To all of a sudden, we... Barely even use Teams to. We are 100% adopted to Teams, like almost overnight. We went within a week. All of our meetings are on on Teams. We're chatting on Teams. We're making phone calls on Teams. We've got all these folders set up. I mean, it exploded. Like the adoption, which would normally take a year or two, probably was all, like within a, a, like almost hours, right?
1: Right, I mean, with it by the end of that first week, it's like, all right, we're just going to use Teams for everything here. <laughs> right? Um, can I say I kind of like the Teams video better than the Zoom video?
0: I do too. Other than when you have a lot of people on, it doesn't give you the full Zoom screen.
1: Right, the the multiple tile screen. But yeah. I like their their virtual backgrounds better. Yeah. It actually shows up, and you don't need that flat colored wall behind you for it to work properly. Right. Um. Like, for me, I have another desk that sits behind me um, for my wife, and you can see it if I'm normally video conferencing. If I turn on the virtual background, it actually works, and it's just me. I mean, I've been playing with all the different ones, so for the last few days, every team's meeting I've been in, I've chosen a different background just to mix it up.
0: Yep. Huh, that was a good rant. We both we have both yeah. multiple rants already. Yeah.
1: <sighs> Other than my wife and my children, I really don't have anybody to talk
0: to. So, no, This is an outlet.
1: It is. Uh, we we actually have quite a bit of market research news this week. Yes, exciting Sh- stuff. Yeah, should we touch on the elephant in the room first? What's that? Uh, Schlesinger Group continues their purchasing spree uh. and buys 2020 research. Um, the deal expands Schlesinger's services to include more online quantitative tools and the three new focus group facilities that 2020 runs.
0: Yeah, this is – Schlesinger has made so many moves lately in the past few years. I don't know what's going on. They have Focus Point Global. Uh, 2020 had iModerate. 2020 just had an acquisition not that long ago. I can't think of the name of the company they bought it was in Chicago. Um, Schlesinger bought some European companies, and they're just kind of building up these assets. Um, you also over- forgot Market Cube. Yeah, Market Cube from our our world, very recent. Um, so Schlesinger had a from. Our, let's talk about sample real quick, and then we'll talk about qualitative implications as well. From the sample side, Market Cube obviously has. A, if you're in the sample, you know who Market Cube is. They're a big player. They've been around for a long time. Good people. They're friends of ours, and um, have a great panel. Multiple panels actually that Schlesinger bought from them. But Schlesinger also had panel. Um little I don't think most people knew that, but they have a really good panel. And then now they buy 2020 research. They have a panel which is mostly qual. I think they try to get a little bit into quant. Um and then on top of that, I think Schlesinger was at 17 focus group facilities and now they add the three from 2020 research. And so they have 20 qual facilities which have lists, which by the way, let's take those lists of qualitative people and move them online. Um but it's kind of a big move, especially I think we'll see a lot more of these coming out of nowhere moves based upon the economy, um, especially probably in the qualitative space, which was already challenging. And now there's I don't I don't know that any details behind this, but I would expect qualitative is, is having a tough road of it right now, especially harder than the quant. But um, I have talked a lot there that anything that you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, so you mentioned the qualitative having a tough road, and I think that's the in-person, the facility portion. Yeah. I mean, Schlesinger just bought 2020's online stuff, which I don't know. I don't have any insights into this, but I have to expect that they saw a giant boost in that as companies scrambled to move stuff from face-to-face to online. So now you're just picking up what what I think I view as probably one of the leading online qualitative tools in the industry. Yeah, especially I, mean, I moderate. Um,
0: over the shoulder is the Chicago company, by the way. And so, yeah, 2020 is really getting into online qual and really good at it. And Isaac Rogers um, is a friend of the podcast, I think. And um, a good guy, super smart. I think he's now the, is it chief technology officer, chief innovation officer? at the Something Duke like Center. that, yeah. And um, really smart guy. He's kind of gone into blockchain and really expanded the services and was a part of all the acquisitions. And so... Um, yeah, a ton of interesting things coming up at Schlesinger.
1: Yeah. Um, our next one, YouGov has reported a 16% revenue growth, and this is for the six months ending on January 31st. Um, that So that's more the second half of 2019. But I think what was interesting in their statement was that they have all, they also stated they have not seen any material impact due
0: to COVID-19. Yep. Yep. That- that was the very interesting. I agree. That's the very interesting part of the. Yeah, the 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 release was through January, but then they even came out and said we haven't had an impact, which is good to hear. Um, YouGov is a you know a big name in um, mostly outside of the U.S. and so Eastern Europe and uh, the Middle East, and even they go into kind of weird markets like brazil and australia but they're kind of a big name they have a really good brand name and so good for them that they've um, had good financials good solid report and i love the little added on no pandemic impacts so which means people are still doing research in those markets
1: yeah um our next news story Veriglif has added to its board of directors um it has welcomed scott miller of vision critical and tiffany johnson of wonderman thompson Yep, I, I think
0: Scott Miller used to work with me. I didn't know him personally, but um, Scott Miller worked uh, worked with him previously. He's kind of been a big name. Getting back into it and um, as part of that group is is awesome. And so Verigliff making good moves. I don't know Tiffany Johnson from Wonderman Thompson, um, but that's obviously a big name. Um, the old JWT Wonderman Thompson, and um, so good for Verigliff. Also some
1: good moves. Yeah. Um, and our final piece of news, um, we have a couple of new people that have joined WIRE's 2020 Board of Advisors. Babita Earl, and I'm sorry if I just butchered your name, uh, Dinah Bowen, and Lynette Cook all have joined.
0: Yep. Um, they come in at a weird time, right? You join these boards, and at um, such a weird time. So yeah. um, it's really tough. Maybe it's an opportune time to kind of join a new board like this, but Wire has just made inroads. I can't believe that Wire has been around so long. Um, I think it's – I don't know how long it is. I don't want to butcher, but I think it's at least 10 years, which is kind of crazy to me. So good for Kristen Luck adding awesome talent to the board, and um, I'm sure we'll hear more from them.
1: Yeah. Can I pose a question about Wire to you? Yeah. Um, We all know all the local Wire chapters host the different events a couple times a year what some sort of meet and greet or – appetizers drinks networking type thing yep. are we going to see a giant jump in attendance once we're able to congregate with one another again at these i mean i have to, i have a feeling that all, everyone's going to schedule one and you are just going to see record turnout for them
0: yeah and the and the, you know i'm on a couple boards with conferences and right now it's every time we have a conversation it's all right, do we schedule something in September? Do we do it in December? Do we do it in January? Who else has already booked? Is January too soon? And what about March? What about next June? Should we do it virtual? And the timing of this, because right now you, you typically have to book these in-person things, maybe not for the wire social happy hour events. You could probably get something in a matter of just a few weeks, right? But some of the bigger conferences, you need months to plan and promote and you know do all the stuff you need to do. So someone's going to get really lucky on the timing and others, there's going to be losers in this because, I mean, we're, we're scheduling right now for we're planning on maybe doing something in January or November and I'm not confident it's going to happen and no one is. And yes, you're right. There's going to be a huge huge explosion of people Wanting to get out and shake hands and maybe you can't do that, but see people and see content and and just be around somebody other than their family for a little while. Um, But yeah, the timing of this, who knows?
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's more just to get out, even if you had it could even be that, hey, you have to limit the number of people for social distancing or something like that. But even if you have to do that, that they're going to sell out quickly just because people are probably craving some human contact. Right. You would think
0: that the little happy hours would be the first thing to happen, um, unless someone just gets really lucky with a conference.
1: Um, right. Like, they've booked it already, and it just happens to hit at the time where stuff o- opens back up. And,
0: you know, we're not all going to be allowed to travel at the same time. And that's a whole other thing with these conferences, is that it's not just a big group of people. It's a big group of people all coming from different locations, which is going to be scary for, I mean, indefinitely. And so I think the local happy hours and maybe there's an opportunity for someone to kind of do a local mini conference um, with social distancing. That might be something um, interesting that could happen maybe in the fall. is Like Cincinnati would be a good location for it, right? There's enough research here. There's enough brands and companies here. And there's going to be definitely the desire to do it. There's probably an opportunity to figure out a way to get a few hundred people somehow with social distancing and there'll be some creative marketing people to figure this out. And, um, man, that'll be kind of exciting.
1: Yeah. Um, do you want to have some fun? Um, I feel like we've already had some fun, but yeah, let's have more fun. All right. So based on that, we kind of brought this up a little bit with our conversation with Lincoln last episode, um, and kind of things that aren't going to go back to normal, right. Or things that, that are never going to go back. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was what are some of the things you think are not going to go back to normal? For me, movie releases. Yeah. Um, Looking at it, you have like Disney's and Onward that came out on the digital platform. They're like, yeah, we're just going to put it on Disney+. Plus. It had been out in the theater for like two weeks. Like, yeah, just throw it on Disney+. Plus. But are you going to see more of a change in strategy on how movies are released? Are you going to see it released in theater and then for like digital rental where we've seen some of them that it costs $20 to rent. You don't get to own it yet, but you can rent it for $20. I don't know what the time frame is. I think it's like a couple days you can rent it. Okay. But are you going to see that like a dual release of, Hey, you can either rent it on a digital platform and watch it at home or you can go to the theater. I know I personally, I love going to the movie theater. It's an experience. Um, but Also, the reality is right now is I have two little kids and I haven't been to the theater in three years. So, but if, say, the new Disney movie comes out, whatever that may be, say Frozen 3 comes out, hey, you know what? We're not going to take, I don't feel like, we don't want to take the kids to it, but you know what? We're going to rent it. That $20 is a lot cheaper for me to rent that movie and for my kids to probably watch it two or three times in a 24-hour period at my house than it would be to drag them to the theater Right. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the movie theaters. That's a tough one because it's huge investment. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, sporting events is kind of similar to that. Like, are you going to social distance at movie theaters? And how do you do that? And I don't know, like all these norms that haven't been created yet, we're going to have to figure out, like, for example, what if you're in a movie theater and, I don't know, someone sneezes? What's protocol? Or someone leaves a mask in their seat like what do you do in that situation right i
1: don't know right
0: um well at least it's not uh, the
1: old seats like where they were crammed in more now most of the theaters at least around by me have moved to those like recliners yeah so your space that you can only have that already there already have half the amount of seats in it that it used to
0: yeah and they will probably have to do about half of that somehow i don't know how they're gonna do it it'll be really interesting i'm sure that I'm sure that's all the movie theater people are thinking about, right? Just like sports people, that's all they're thinking about right now is putting through scenarios and how to get back in business. That's a good right. one.
1: Yeah, I mean, are you going to see better incentives? Um, think, think of Movie Pass. How that was big for like two years, and it it finally died this year. Right? Um, are you going to see some more incentives like that? Like better passes or better subscriptions to get in there and hey, you can see X number of movies because I think like AMC and um, I forget what the other one is around here, but like AMCs was for their past, you could see three movies in a month. But are you going to see that change? Is it going to be a lower price? Is it going to be more perks just to drive people into those theaters because they've gotten used to being at home? Hey, you know what? That 55 inch, 65 inch screen in my living room pretty well
0: yeah but this will be the resurgence of the drive-in movie theater definitely
1: oh i agree with that too i think you're going to see a resurgence of that i have been looking to see if the my local one is open unfortunately i can't find that it doesn't look like it is at least the one here in fairborn just north of where i live is not open i feel like they've not taken advantage of that
0: yeah big big miss should have built a website 15 years ago jerks
1: yeah um what are some other things you think are big changes I think one another one might be masks I think you're gonna I think we're gonna look a lot more like Japan or China with people walking around with masks even after this is over
0: yeah that definitely happened the the, the one for me is I was thinking yesterday I was craving Chinese buffet and I was like am I ever gonna eat a buffet again like is this the death of the buffet it, it might be I might have eaten at my last buffet. Which is disappointing because I'm a huge buffet fan. It's funny though. You bring up like Disney movies. I bring up Chinese buffets. Um, that,
1: is a, that is a good one. I had not thought about that, but yeah.
0: Like eating out like the salad bar, you know, those restaurants that have set like uh, Ruby Tuesdays and others have like, you know, social salad bars even. Those, I think they have to go away. I don't see how that's ever going to exist again. Um, is Golden Corral going to survive this? I, I don't see how they do. Um, but... I don't know, maybe there is a place where people will want crave that still. I don't know. But I'm afraid I've eaten at my last Chinese buffet. Um, That was the main one that I had. And also I had two other just kind of minor topics was um, phone calls. Like I just feel like we don't – maybe it's more work-related. I feel like we've really advanced Mm -hmm. in terms of like we're doing Zoom calls and FaceTime more so than we are like phone calls, actual phone calls. Like it's rare for me to be on a Zoom call without a camera on, I think. And that used to happen all the time. Almost every Zoom meeting was just it was just a way to talk to people through a computer. Um, that's my first one. And then that last one is like, what are the twenty-one to twenty-seven year olds gonna do about clubs and bars? Like, there's a there's gonna be a need to kind of get out and release energy and drink and dance and be social and be really close to each other. That that's gonna have to change somehow. And they'll they'll figure it out, but I don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe, maybe it won't change, but uh, that's something I was thinking about as well.
1: If you want to expand that, um, dating apps, there is. I did see a new story about one called Quarantine Together. It essentially just asks you a couple questions, like, "Hey, have you washed your hands? Are you there?" And it almost it randomly picks some. I guess maybe not randomly picks, but it matches you based on your likes, kind of similar to other dating profiles. But then it's just like a texting like video chat stuff, and you just do it that way. Okay. Interesting. So that has popped up. It's become popular. But is it going to die as soon as people can get back out and swipe right on on Tinder?
0: Yeah, you would think. That's a short term. <laughs> you would think. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Um, one last one I have. Um, based on our conversations over the last few interviews, we have developed a new P for our four Ps. Okay. We have decided to call this Purchase. Okay. Um, is a little bit quarantine related. So, what is one of the first things you are going to buy after the quarantine is over?
0: Yeah, for me, assuming I can't get a Chinese buffet, it's going to be jeans. Like, I don't know what people are doing with clothes right now. There's the the clothes stores, just have to be people are going to overwhelm them um, as soon as this opens back up. I, I've noticed I've needed a new pair of jeans and Normally, I would just go right out and buy a cheap pair of jeans, but I can't do that. So that's that's probably a bad answer. But that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and buy a pair of jeans. What about I you? I like
1: it. That. So I've given this a lot of thought. Okay. They're, I'm going to exclude the necessity pieces because I do have growing children. I do need to go shopping for them. That is going to be one thing, but I'm not going to count that as my answer. Okay. Um, one thing, and this is something actually you and I have talked about previously, is because of all of the cars that are sitting around. It might be car shopping.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yep. You've mentioned that. Yep, car shopping. Yeah,
1: because my thought is one: no dealership is open right now. Whether it's new or used, they're trying. They're trying their best to try to sell through virtual like showrooms. And oh, I can give you a virtual tour of a car. That isn't going to cut it. I'm maybe I'm old school. I'm not buying from Carvana and having car? it delivered. I want to test drive it. Aren't car lots open? They aren't open. No, they're not. They they're not. essential. Mm-mm. The service departments are, but not the not the actual. You cannot go to a car lot and see people. They can do virtual stuff for you. At okay. least here in Ohio. So
0: okay, um, but that'll be fun. The car shop.
1: Yeah, my thought is one. If you wanted to get something new, they're gonna. A lot of car dealerships are going to be offering a ton of incentives because you've essentially gone three to six weeks with barely moving any inventory and they are taking hits. Or if you wanted to go used, you have all of new, new dealers were already having a lot of incentives out there and it was already driving the stock, the stock of used cars up. So there was already more used cars than there needed to be. Now you have a lot of the auction lots that have been sitting full for the last 2 months. Right. So you're just going to have a plethora of cars. It's not like they were getting more miles added to them, but you're just going to have that supply and demand. That supply is going to be huge. So I think you might I think it might the first couple weeks out might be the best time to buy a car that there's been in a while just because of the the overabundance of supply
0: yep, we've kind of missed a purchase cycle, and especially with interest rates being zero, you could probably get a decent car loan. Um, so yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I think it I had gone back and forth between that and a new couch for our living room because it is a couch is something my wife and I have wanted for a little while, but I think and she's also needs a new car, and we think it might be car time. I agree. All right. Those are my two those are my two fun things for today. All right, let's maybe we should shut it down.
0: We'll have a short episode for once. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, by short you mean 38 minutes.
0: Is it 38 Okay, that's that's yeah. not that bad. Um, hey, thanks for listening. We just kind of rambled for 38 minutes, and um, we'll have more guests coming soon. If you um, are a guest, want to be a guest on the on the show, please come on. We'd love to have you. If you have any feedback, let us know at untelecast at emi-rs.com. EMI underscore research on Twitter. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.